Well, good morning, everyone. Lovely to see you all here again. And it looks like the sun's coming out over here, so um, on a lovely, lovely, almost autumnal day now. So we're starting to see the change in the seasons. Um, a couple of things as far as notices are concerned. Um, Evelyn sent out a message about the Monday morning prayer meeting, but it's bank holiday tomorrow, so there is no prayer meeting. Um, so just so you're aware of that. Um, also, um, we noted, I did see a few people mentioning it, but it's Alice's 80th birthday today, so happy birthday, Alice. And I'm now going to say, Sarah, you can unmute and sing. There we go. Hi, Alice. Happy birthday. Hope you're having a lovely day. Um, if we were all together in church, we'd all be singing together. So what would be really nice for everyone here, sadly, you are on mute. But if you want to sing along with me, sing to Alice, this is your moment. So are you ready, Alice? This is just for you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alice. Happy birthday to you. Okay, so we need to make sure everybody's muted now as we go forwards. I think, Mark, if you can just sort that out. Yeah, we are. Okay, thank you. Right, um, so the other thing is, is Nigel is away. So if I move this slide on. So you'll notice that this morning we've got Mark's number here. Um, so if you want to take a note of that, it's 07921. 540840. So that's if you want some prayer afterwards, then uh, members of the prayer team will stay on the service afterwards um, and they will um, be available for prayer and you'll be put into a breakout room with a member of the prayer team. So if you can text your name um, to Mark on 07921 540840, he'll organise the, uh, the breakout rooms afterwards. So, let, without further ado, let's continue on with our service, um, and I'll just pray as we start. Father God, we thank you that you are an amazing God. Um, in all we do and all we say, we want to acknowledge you this morning. And so come, Holy Spirit, um, be with us through this Zoom meeting. Lord, may your word be an encouragement to us today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, give me a quick wave, everyone. Love to see you all. All right, I'm going to mute myself as we sing Tell Out My Soul. Of his word, for 
You're the Word of God the Father From before the world began Every star and every planet Has been fashioned by your hand All creation holds together By the power of your voice Let the skies declare your glory let the land and seas rejoice You're the author of creation You're the Lord of every man And your cry of love rings out across the lands Yet you left the gaze of angels Came to seek and save the lost and exchange the joy of heaven for the anguish of a cross with a prayer you fed the hungry with a word you still the sea yet how silently you suffered that the guilty may go free you're the author of creation you're the lord of every man and your cry of love rings out across the lands With a shout you rose victorious Resting victory from the grave And ascended into heaven Leaving captives in your wake Now you stand before the Father Interceding for your own From each tribe and tongue and nation You are leading sinners home You're the author of creation You're the Lord of every man And your cry of love rings out across the land You're the author of creation you're the Lord of every man And your cry of love rings out across the land
want to come and praise you this morning. What a wonderful, powerful, majestic name is the name of Jesus. We want to just come before you in awe and worship and wonder, knowing that we serve the living God, knowing that this morning we can come and give you our praises and thanks. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. High and lifted up. Lord, we want to just bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are incredible. Lord, we want to bring before you, um, with thanksgiving, Lord, we thank you for Alice's birthday today. Lord, we thank you for 80 wonderful, glorious years. And Lord, we just bless her this morning and we bless you for that. Lord, we want to thank you that you've sustained us and kept us through this week, that we can meet together. Even through all this different technology that we're using, we can still meet and we can still um, be church even though the building isn't filled. Lord, we know the church isn't a building. We know it's the people of God. And we thank you for that. Lord, we do pray for our country as um, we're going through this crisis. Lord, we do pray that you would just pour out a blessing. Lord, may people turn, to, turn their ears, turn their hearts towards you. We pray for children who are going to back to school next week. Lord, we ask for their protection. We ask for protection on teachers as well. Um, as Lord it's, it's worrying times we're being told things are safe yet Lord we still worry and so Lord we just ask that you would just um, put your protection upon our teaching staff as they go back um, and all people involved in schools and involved in things like that pray for our university students who are preparing to go off to university for the first time um, Lord many we've got a few in our, our fellowship that are doing that and Lord we pray for them as they prepare Lord in the next couple of weeks to, to go off Lord, again, there's lots of uncertainty over that this morning. And so, Father, we do pray you would just uh, be with them. Lord, we just ask now that um, 
as we continue on with our service, um, we just pray that, Lord, you would just open areas in our hearts to your message. In Jesus' name. Amen. So now we're going to hear from Mark. Um, and I just need to switch a few screens over. So just one moment as I mute myself. Morning everyone. I hope you're well. It's great to be able to speak to you again this morning, but sadly I don't have one of my own videos to show you today because today's service is centred around speech and Martin will be talking to us shortly about a way to speak from Proverbs 12. As I was thinking about what I should do today, I was thinking of the power of words. I was drawn to the story of creation. When God spoke and things happened, God spoke and the universe came into being. God's word is the most powerful thing in the universe. I was planning to tell the story of creation, but as I was preparing, I came across a video and it spoke to me. So I thought to myself, why reinvent the wheel? We're going to watch the video in a moment. But by way of introduction, I thought I should say, it is a worship song called So Will I, that we've actually sung here a couple of times, led by Sam. And someone's put an amazing video behind it. It's basically a summary of the Bible in a few minutes. The words and images speak volumes of the power of God's word and the heart of God. But our words are also powerful. They have power for good and bad, to build up and tear down. So we have to be careful about how we use words and what we say. I'm sure we'll hear more about that from Martin shortly. But in the meantime, let's watch the video and worship our amazing, powerful God. Feel free to sing along if you want to. Thank you. Spoken on nature and 
Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? So now we're going to hear a testimony from Jude, um, following on from that. So, Jude, if you can mute yourself, um, thank you. You hear me, all right? You hear me, all right, Steve? Oh, great. 
So um, Martin asked me to share this morning about how I use words wisely through social media to bring encouragement to others through my work and within church um, and in my life. Um, I'm not perfect at this. Um, I often mess up with my words, but this is something that I strive with God's help to do is to be an encourager. I started my job five months ago at Woking Mind mental health charity Woking within marketing and fundraising. I had a couple of weeks in the office before lockdown started and we worked remotely then at home. My manager and I very quickly decided that it was important to put together a wellbeing series which would encourage, educate and signpost people so that they did not feel alone and they were given all the tools they needed to navigate this strange time. So I began writing social media posts on Facebook and writing a wellbeing series for our website. At my work, we believe that when people with mental health problems feel that no one understands, we need to show them that someone does. So while expertise and professionalism are important, we need to balance them with warmth and empathy. So everything we write is written wisely from a posture of encouraging and building people up. My work is one of my front lines. Before I even start to write a series, I ask the Holy Spirit to help me. And I ask him to help me in every aspect of my work so that I can encourage those around me, whether it's through social media or through a conversation. As it says in Proverbs, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. For those of you on Facebook, most of you are on our small groups page. For me, this is a place of encouragement, a place where we can spur one another on in our faith and remind each other of, whose we are, of who we are in Christ. Through Bible verses, songs, words of encouragement, it's a place where I often share verses which God prompts me to share. I believe that daily God wants us to wants to give us opportunities to encourage one another and build one another up. In his word, he actively encourages us to speak to one another with the words of psalms, hymns and sacred songs. We can ask God to give us opportunities to encourage others and actively listen out for those prompts from the Holy Spirit, nudging us to send that encouraging text, maybe a Bible verse or a song, or perhaps to ring someone and ask how they really are and encourage them to keep going. So I'd encourage you to keep asking for opportunities to encourage others on your front line. Keep listening and acting on his prompts. Ask him for his compassion, empathy and wisdom in those times when we all find it hard to encourage someone. And when we come to God with a posture of wanting to be used by him to encourage others, asking for help, Asking for his help to do that, he will use you to build others up around you for his glory. Thank you, Jude. Thank you. Right, well, we're now moving on to our reading, which is today taken from Proverbs 12, verses 14 to 25. Um, and Alan is going to, to read that for us. Alan, if you can unmute, and I'll put the words up on the screen as well. From the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things, and the work of their hands bring forth them reward. The way of the fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlooked an insult. An honest witness tells the truth but a false witness tells lies. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, <clears throat> but the tongue of the wise brings healing. <clears throat> Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. <clears throat> no, uh, no harm overtakes the righteous, <clears throat> but the wicked have their fill of trouble. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. The prudent keep their knowledge to themselves, but the fool's heart blurts out folly. Diligent hands will rule, 
but laziness ends in forced labor. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Thank you, Alan. So I'm just going to pray for Martin as he comes to speak. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Bible that is your word to us. And Lord, as Martin now um, brings out some points from that word, Lord, we just ask that you would just open our eyes, our ears and our hearts to listen. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Steve. And morning, morning, everybody. Um, wow. Uh, what a what a great service so far! Thank you for everybody who's uh, taken part. I feel so uplifted and encouraged already. So uh, I've just yeah coming to preach, sort of feeling really really encouraged because of the uh, the testimony that Jude brought and, and the worship that's been so helpfully put together, and the, and the powerful video that we saw too. Um, all of these things are just. Uh, yeah, just a wonderful uplift, aren't they, when we come together and encounter God. And thank you to Alan uh, for, for reading as well. Thank you for all those taking part this morning and for Mark, who's hosting us uh, this morning. Um, Proverbs has a, has a lot to say um, about words. Um, and uh, it's, one of the, it's one of the major uh, topics uh, in Proverbs, which I want to look at this morning. It's been claimed uh, that women speak about 20,000 words a day. Um, which is some, on average, about 13,000 uh, more than the average man. Um, can't believe it, can you? Um, and there's a little cartoon there um, just expressing uh, surprise at, at, at that, that it isn't more, I think. And recent studies have shown that the female love of chit-chat begins at a young age. Girls learn to speak earlier and more quickly than boys. Uh, girls produce their first words and sentences earlier, they have larger vocabularies and use a greater variety of sentence types than those boys of the same age. Um, researchers from the University of, of Maryland um, point to higher levels of a certain protein, F FOXP2, in women, which they believe may well be linked to um, greater levels of communication. Um, but however many words you, you use or don't use, words matter and they have great power don't they for for good and for bad um as uh, as jude uh, shared so powerfully in her testimony um i remember at school on the playground the old saying sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never harm me how if, if only that were true um words have far greater power to harm us actually than sticks and stones don't they um the book of Proverbs has a lot to say about the good use and bad use of words, but I want to look at three areas this morning. The power of words to harm, the weakness of words, and words at their best. So we're going to finish um, in a positive place, looking at how we can use our words to bless others. But first of all, let's, look, let's start with the bad news, the power of words to harm. Proverbs 12, 18. Um, the words of the reckless pierce like swords. Um, words pierce like swords. They get into your heart and soul. When you say a hurtful word, you can never make things unsaid. Um, it's like the wound from a sword. The wound may heal, but the scar remains. Proverbs 18, verse 21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Words have literally been the triggers for murders, for suicides and actual wars, but also words can damage and kill psychologically. Um, if you call a child stupid or not worth anything, that person may spend all of their life trying to rid themselves of low self-esteem or self-doubts that have been planted in them. And um, it may be that you're someone uh, this morning who sadly remembers um, a teacher or a parent or somebody speaking a harsh word over you and you've struggled ever since to kind of find healing, complete healing from that. So words can, can, can really do great damage to us, can't they? And then there's gossip, Proverbs 11:13. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Now, gossip is, is pretty much under, misunderstood, I think, 
to be gossip, a statement does not have to be false, but it can be true information that should have been kept in confidence. Um, sharing gossip really is about feeling powerful. Um, we share gossip because we want to show people that we have knowledge and information that others don't have. And it makes us kind of feel powerful and superior to others. So it's about insecurity. Um, if we're known as a gossip or we betray confidences all over the place, it's probably that we're insecure and we want people to think that we have knowledge, that they say, don't they, knowledge is power, but gossips use power to build themselves up and to look good as if they know everything. But actually it's a form of insecurity. Um, Proverbs 18.8, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down into the inmost parts. Um, we all love, if we're honest, a bit of gossip. We all like to think that we're party to inside information about others. And it's really hard to, to resist gossip, isn't it? When someone shares a choice morsel, a secret with us, we find it really hard to say, do you know what? That's, that sounds like that should have been kept in confidence. It takes a really strong person of integrity to challenge gossip, doesn't it? Because we all like to be in on a secret. It's like a choice morsel that we sort of walk down like tasty meat. But gossip does great damage because it spreads. Um, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. A gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. Without word, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Gossip is devastating to relationships because it breaks trust. It separates close friends when information that's been shared that should have been kept in confidence is shared with others. And the problem is gossip keeps quarrels and conflicts going because it complicates the picture. Two people, according to Jesus, have an opportunity to sort things out themselves. Jesus says, if you have something against your brother or sister, you should go to them and sort it out. That's what Matthew 18 says. The problem comes when others get involved with their own interpretation or spin and start adding in gossipy comments, such as, do you know what they said about you? Or do you know what she said about you? Or do you really know the facts? And that kind of gossip is like wood fuel for the fire. It keeps the conflict going and going and going. And it spreads like a forest fire and does great damage. Um, we've seen recently, haven't we, that the, the power and damage that forest fires do in Australia. And now we understand that California is, uh, great areas of California are burning again because a, one small spark in the right conditions can cause huge devastation to large areas. And it's the same in a church. It only takes two people to divide a church. Because if people wade in on the conflict with their own interpretations and spin and opinions and views and take sides, the whole church can be damaged and split as a result of one piece of gossip spreading like wildfire. So we have to be careful with, with, with our words because they really can do great damage like a forest fire. James 3 warns us. James devotes a whole chapter warning us about the damaging effects of the tongue. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person. Um, and then, of course, there's lying. Lying seems to be played down these days as spin or fake news or such terms. Um, no one ever talks about lying anymore. It's just, it's just accepted that this is what people do. They don't speak truthfully anymore. Advertisers lie, politicians lie. And we hear um, things on social media about people fishing. Um, you know, people fish on social media with untrue comments about themselves in order to attract friends or partners. You get this, uh, this what, what's called fishing. And people make up things about themselves to attract people with a common interest or to attract a partner to, to them. They want to appear more interesting. So they, they fish with these lies about themselves to try and get people to take the bait 
and to, uh, to get them on board. But lying is what it is. It is repulsive to God. Jesus said the devil is a, a liar and the father of lies, John 8, 44. So why is lying so evil? Because according to Jesus, our words are indicators of what's going on inside our hearts. So if we lie, if we gossip, it's an overflow of what's going on inside us. Uh, Jesus said, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you want to know what a person is really like, listen to their words. And if their words are full of gossip, if their words are harsh, slanderous, um, judgmental, critical, condemning, then inside of that person, in their heart, there is resentment and pride and a desire to make themselves look better. Perhaps a lot of insecurity is going on in that person. So words tell us a lot about the inner character of a person. But although the tongue can do great damage, it also has weakness and limitations. Words are not enough in themselves. Uh, the weakness of words. Um, you put the next slide up, Steve. Thanks. Cheers. Um, sometimes you hear people say rather judgmentally of others, he or she is all talk. You ever heard of that? Uh, all talk and no action. Um, now, that's a very judgmental and critical statement. But behind it lies a certain amount of truth. Um, just bragging or saying that you fully intend to do something or that you have plans to do something at the end of the day, it's just words. It's not enough. Proverbs 14, 23. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. In other words, there is a place for planning and speaking and discussing. But there comes a point where we all need to take action. We all need to do something. Um, we can't just talk about work. We actually have to go and do it because that's the way that we earn a living. Um, we cannot make excuses for not doing things too. Um, we can't say, yeah, I'm going to do that. At some point, I'm going to do that or I'll meet so-and-so and then not do it. Um, we can't fool God, even if we think we can fool people. Proverbs 24, 12. If you say, but we know nothing about this, does he who weighs the heart perceive it? Yes, God perceives it. God knows that you're trying to fool him. God knows that you did know something about it and you should have done something. So if we see somebody in need and we ignore the need or we walk on by on the other side, we can't say to God, but, you know, that isn't my ministry or I don't feel called to, to help my neighbor or whatever, because God isn't fooled by our excuses. He's not fooled by our words. Sometimes we just need to get stuck in and help and meet a need when we see it and not make excuses. So words in themselves are empty. They need to be followed up with action. And uh, you, you know that people of integrity follow through on their words. So if somebody says, we must have you round for a meal sometime, and then they never actually issue the invite, you begin to doubt their integrity, don't you? Um, you know, we, we need to follow through on the promises and the words that we say. But let me, let me come to the conclusion with words at their best, because you need some good news this morning. I've given you some really uh, challenging uh, uh, material here this morning. Words can do great damage. Words have limited impact. But here's the power of words at their best. First of all, healing. I, I love these verses. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Isn't that beautiful? The tongue of the wise cares more about soothing an injury than winning an argument. Uh, if you're like me, you, you kind of have that inner drive sometimes to win an argument. But, you know, if we're truly wise, we'll want to bring healing before we win an argument. Um, and here, from my experience, are three simple, wise and powerful words that can bring healing and reconciliation. And they're the hardest words us to say in life. Do you know what those three words are? I am sorry. Um, the toughest words to say are I am sorry and truly mean it. Um, 
because they cost you something. They cost you your reputation, potentially. They are an admission that I did something wrong, that I hurt someone. But you know, they bring healing and they bring reconciliation and they offer the chance for forgiveness from the other person who's been hurt. You know, time does not heal all wounds, contrary to the popular saying. It doesn't. But ignoring injuries does not make them go away. So injuries may stay a lifetime if we never say, I am sorry. But there is the opportunity for healing if we say, I am sorry. Wise words can and do bring healing. And words can bring life. From the fruit of his lips, a man is filled with good things, as surely as the work of his hands rewards him. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. Um, I'm sure that you can remember a, a, a comment from a teacher or a parent or a grandparent or somebody somewhere from your past that has brought you life. A word from somebody, could even be a, a, another Christian or a friend, a word from somebody that has inspired you in your life, inspired you to go on and do and achieve better things, that has encouraged you, strengthened you, that has turned on a light inside you and encouraged you to go on, that has kind of lifted you when you've been weighed down with anxiety or fear or just you've been despondent. We can all think of those moments. And we need words from others to affirm us and encourage us. Um, sometimes in Christian circles, we're, a, we're afraid to encourage and affirm one another because we think, um, if I encourage somebody, they'll get a big head. But if only we put people in danger of getting a big head because we never, we never encourage or affirm people and therefore there's no chance of them getting a big head. In fact, there's only the chance of them feeling discouraged and despondent. But imagine an artist who does a painting. Does she say, I don't care that anyone else thinks this trash, I like it? Of course not. If she's truly going to take pride in her work and that, art, that piece of art is going to be fully appreciated, other people need to offer praise and, 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 and gratitude for that piece of art, for it to be fully appreciated. And we too need affirmation. We need encouragement, we need strengthening. As Jude said, when someone shares scripture with us, the word of God has a living power to bring us life, to change our hearts, to lift us out of the pit of despondency or to despair, to teach us, to correct us, to guide us, to grow us into maturity in Christ. Ephesians 4 verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do your words benefit those who listen? Do you build up others according to their needs? Are you known as an encourager? Well, let me encourage Jude this morning by saying that Jude is an encourager. Um, I go through Facebook and uh, I try to like uh, Jude's scriptures that she shares because I appreciate them. I am strengthened by them. I find them life-giving because they are the words of scripture. And we need to encourage one another in these things and, and spur them on. Secondly, um, oh, sorry, let, let me, kind words spoken in love can lift someone up from anxiety and fear. Um, Jude shared this one, Proverbs 12, an anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Um, there are a lot of anxious people around, including me in lockdown, aren't there? Let's be honest. Come on, folks. There's a bit of honesty here. There's a lot of anx anxious people around in, in lockdown. Don't we need kind words from one another to cheer one another up? Don't we need to be speaking into one another's lives, words of encouragement, scriptures at this time? We all have a ministry to speak the truth in love to one another. We, it's not just down to Jude. It's a ministry that all of us can practice, isn't it, this? We're all called to speak the truth in love to one another. Um, that's what Paul says, Ephesians 4.15. Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him that is Christ. If you, want your, if you want to grow in Christ and you want others to grow in maturity, 
speak the truth in love to them, share scripture with them, encourage them. Yeah, and correct and correct them where they need it, but do so from an attitude of friendship and love. It's very hard to correct somebody that you don't know very well because it just sounds like self-righteous condemnation and criticism. But we should be able to do that for one another, shouldn't we? We should be able to speak the truth in love out of a bond of friendship and depth and accountability. Uh, gentleness. This is such a key area for us all to practice. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. This is really hard to do, isn't it? Um, if somebody attacks us verbally or, or with a certain tone, aggressive tone, our natural human reaction is to want to uh, get back at them, to return insult with insult or anger with anger, so that we don't look weak and like a doormat. But actually, Proverbs says the opposite. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Now, being gentle does not mean agreeing with somebody when you don't agree with them, but it does mean being respectful and friendly where you disagree. We are called to speak gently, even when we disagree with somebody and need to perhaps express that we don't agree or that we want to correct them, we do so with love and gentleness and humility. Um, we don't curse back when we're cursed. Um, and if we do that, sometimes the person who's angry and aggressive will be disarmed and it de-escalates the argument. But if we return insult for insult or aggression for aggression, the whole thing just blows up out of proportion and we make it 10 times worse. But if we respond gently, there's a chance the angry confronter might just think, look, I don't want to hear this person's point of view. But you know, from the gentleness and tone, I can see that this person cares and loves me. Jesus is our ultimate example. He was the one who was, when insulted and reviled, did not return insult for insult. But with love, he responded from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. When nailed to a cross in agony, when humiliated, he responded with love, Father, forgive them. And timeliness. Uh, timely words are powerful. And this is, hard, this is not easy to do. We all want to jump in too quickly or to say nothing for fear of upsetting somebody, don't we? We, we, we find this hard to get right. Timeliness. A prudent man keeps his knowledge to himself, but the heart of fools blurt out folly. A man finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word. A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Isn't that, what a wonderful picture. A, apples of gold in settings of silver. That, I just, I can picture that, and it just, it, it's just a beautiful picture, isn't it? And it's, it's saying that a word in season, an apt word at the right time, at the right moment, is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Isn't that amazing? Um, sometimes the best wisdom is not to speak much at all. I don't know whether you're uh, one of those personalities that tends to jump in with too many words, or whether your personality is more introverted and reserved, and sometimes you need to speak when you don't speak. Um, so it, it varies with, it, with, it, with each one of us, doesn't it? But there are situations where words only make situation worse. I remember um, having to go and uh, minister in a situation where um, the uh, parents had, had lost a child. And I, I felt really bad because all I could do is just sit there in the silence. I didn't have any words of comfort. But actually, years later, the person said to me, do you know what? The best thing that you did for us was just to sit with us in the silence. And at the time, I felt terrible because I thought, I can't think of anything to say here. I don't have any immediate words of consolation. But just being there, just being a presence with somebody who's grieving is sometimes the best and most powerful thing that we can do. Timeliness is difficult to achieve. Our natural temperaments often incline us to jump in too soon. We, we think we need to say something and it ends up sounding kind of trite or generalistic. You know, we all have our favorite Bible verses, don't we? Nothing can separate us from the love of God or 
so forth. And they're wonderful verses, but when somebody is grieving and is in pain, sometimes we have to hold back a bit on our favorite fridge magnet scriptures, don't we? And just sit in the silence with them, just be the hands and feet and voice of Jesus. We need to pray for wisdom, for that timely word, the right word at the right time. And lastly, honesty. A truthful witness does not deceive, but a false witness pulls out lies. A truthful witness saves lives. Um, it's not enough to give factually accurate statements. So you can say, say to yourself, well, I didn't really lie. Um, I, <laughs> I have to say I've been there and I've done it and I'm not proud of, of it. Um, we call it, don't we, being economical with the truth. We say that we're protecting people. Really, we're protecting ourselves, aren't we? Because we're holding back so we don't look bad. We want to make ourselves look better. So we say, I'm being economical with the truth. We make it all about others when really it's about us. Um, we must never use facts in a mis misleading way to, to advantage ourselves, to make ourselves look better. And that includes holding back on the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. We are to tell the truth and not exaggerate and spin. Um, that's not easy to do in a, in a world of spin and fake news. We are, to, we are not to leave out crucial parts of the truth that might make us look a little bit more human and weak. Now, when, you, when, when, we're, when you're preaching, this is one of the um, recurring problems for the preacher is, yes, I get up at four o'clock in the morning to pray. A massive exaggeration and an untruth. You know, there's always the inherent danger of make, wanting to make yourself look better than you really are. But we mustn't dress up the truth. We mustn't spin it. We must be honest about our weaknesses as well as our strengths. So how do we speak with honesty? How do we um, bring healing? How do we speak gently? How do we, how do we bring a timely and apt word? Um, you've had a school report, I'm sure, like I have, could try harder, could do better. Is it, is it a case of must do better? Well, folks, I've lost count of the number of New Year's resolutions where I've said in January, must do better, not to jump in with both feet with my words or must do must try not to tell uh, must try to tell the truth a bit more than I do I've lost count of the number of times and by the end of January the 1st I failed with my words anybody else thank you not just me and Jesus sets a really high bar Matthew 12 this is what he says um, for out of the overflow of the heart, the man speaks. But I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted and by your words, you will be condemned. So what's the hope for us? If Jesus sets such a high bar, is it a case of could be better, try harder, keep that New Year's resolution? No, because we fail. We need a new transformed heart because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, if I want my words to change and be strengthening and healing and uh, upbuilding of others, my heart needs to be changed. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Lord, give me a new heart. Transform my heart so that my words will be transformed. That should be the prayer that we pray every day, shouldn't it? Lord, Make my heart new. Transform me by the power of your Holy Spirit. You see, the word of God brings new life and transformation. It's the word of God which brings new birth. 1 Peter 1 says this, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. <laughs> my, um, my phone is looking up words for me as I'm preaching here. It's, it's just told me the meaning of imperishable. So uh, sorry if you've got that on screen. <laughs> all, all men are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. It was the word of the Lord that you first believed that Jesus died for your sin and rose again that caused you to be born again and to have a new heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. The word of God brings about creation, as Mark showed us,
But the word of God brings about the new creation of our hearts. It changes us, transforms us. And we need to come to God every day and come to his word every day and ask his word to bring transformation in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can be reborn. Our hearts can be renewed every day. You see, as our hearts are renewed, our words will be renewed and other people will be renewed through our words. Thank you for listening. Um, I just had, there's a few things that came to mind as I was preparing, a few responses. Um, some of you have been damaged by unkind words, maybe from an early age, uh, parents, grandparents, teachers, some, some, some of you have had words spoken over you that have caused real scars and time hasn't necessarily healed. Can I encourage you to, to seek out prayer this morning, just to, just to tell, share with, with a member of the prayer team that, that you have had words spoken over you that you're still wrestling with. You're still struggling with low self-esteem or, or a wound, a scar from those words. Some of us need to say sorry. I am sorry to people that we've hurt and wounded. And you can do that, write a letter, pick up the phone, drop an email, go and see someone, get it sorted, reconcile the relationship. Until you say, I am sorry, that, that relationship will remain unhealed. You can bring healing with the power of your words. Or some of you need to choose to forgive. It's not enough to say I've been hurt and wounded. That's not enough. We need to then choose to forgive the person. Some of you are in that position too. So let me pray and just lead us into a time of response. Father, all of us have failed in our words from time to time. Lord, we've all exaggerated or spun the truth. We've all gossiped. We've all been unkind and critical of others. Lord, we're sorry and we ask for your forgiveness and cleansing. Jesus, I, I pray for, for those of us who need to say sorry, that you give us the strength to say, I am sorry, to bring healing and the possibility of forgiveness. I pray for others of us, Lord, who need to choose to forgive and to take that next step. Lord, give us the courage to do that. But Holy Spirit, I ask now that you would come and transform our hearts. Jesus, you said out of the overflow of our hearts, the mouth speaks. We're asking this morning, Holy Spirit, that you come and change our hearts so that our speech glorifies Christ and brings life to others. In his name we pray. Amen. So please do um, stay, on, stay on after the closing song. Um, if you want prayer, please stick around. Um, please email um, Mark. Um, I don't know if, Steve, we can put up the... Mark's text number again on, on the screen. I've got it here with me, but I'll, I'll mention it again at the end. If you could, um, if you could text Mark if you'd like um, prayer, and if the prayer team could, could stay on um, at the end of the service, just so that you're ready to, to pray for, for people, and Mark will put people into prayer rooms. Thank you for, for listening, and uh, over to Steve. Thank you, Martin. Uh, so just before we sing our last song, um, which is May the Words in My Mouth, Again, Mark's number is 07921 540840. I'll say that again, 07921 540840. If you want for any prayer and you want somebody from the prayer team to, to meet you in one of the uh, breakout rooms, please um, just give Mark a text. Um, I'll give him a chance to kind of respond to that um, as we sing May the Words in My Mouth. of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart bless your name bless your name Jesus and the deeds of the day and the truth in my way speak of you speak of you Jesus this is what 
I'm glad to do It's time to live a life of love that pleases you And I will give my all to you Surrender everything I have and follow you I will follow you Lord, will you be my vision? Lord, will you be my guide? Be my hope, be my life and the way And I'll look not for riches, no praises on earth first of my heart but this is what I'm glad to do it's time to live a life of love that pleases you and I will give my all to you surrender everything I have and follow you I'll follow you Father God, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for the words of encouragement that we've heard. We thank you for the words of truth that we've heard. And so now may the blessing of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.